If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. In verse 46, it says this. When they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Verse 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This morning, if you're taking notes, I want to talk to you briefly. I want to talk to you briefly from this subject, presence people, presence people. Let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your kindness to us already. Holy Spirit, we recognize you as our guests of honor this morning. Uh, we say, uh, do what only you can do. Uh, God, we, we came here for more than just karaoke and a TED Talk. God, but we want you to encounter us. We want to encounter you. So I pray, God, that we, uh, you know what we need. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to each and every one of us, that we would leave here changed. We would leave here better. God, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Sit. Amen. 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 So I'm about to tell you a story that I have told numerous amounts of time here in this church. And so I want you to know that I'm aware that I've told the story. But, but the reason why I need to continue to share it is as we grow and as new people come, they need to understand what I'm about to tell you. And here it is. My wife is the one that hit on me first. Hello. <laughs> it's true. I know what you're thinking. It's true. It's true. He, she did. Um, in fact, it was at, we were at Chili's. And uh, we were sitting next to each other, and she just, she slid, uh, uh, she asked for my phone, I gave her my phone, she gave it back to me later that night, I looked at my phone, and she put her phone number in my phone, everybody. Oh, the Lord is good. <laughs> but that's actually not the story I want to tell you. The story that I've told numerous amounts of times, but I think it's, it's important, is uh, we were dating two weeks, and I picked her up from her work. I brought her lunch like a sweet, hu uh, not a husband, like a sweet boyfriend. And uh, we, had, uh, uh, we had Dutch crunch rolls with, with salami, cheddar cheese on there. Little, uh, what, what are those, pepperoncinis? Little shaved red onions. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like, whoo, we're going to end this quick. I'm hungry. I brought her lunch. We had lunch. We, we sat at the park. We talked. And then I had to bring her back to work. So, so uh, I pull up in front of her work, in front of the, the sidewalk. She gets out of the car. She steps out of the car. As she's about to close the door, she pops her head back in. And she says this. She says, I love you. <laughs> to which she was like, <laughs> To which she was like, what did I just say? <laughs> to which I was thinking, what did she just say? 
But I love it. And she shut the door and she just ran off. But what I love about this story is that my wife, she took her shot in that moment. She, she was like, she, she, she knew that whatever it is she wanted to say, whether or not she wanted to say those exact words, she knew that she had something to say and she didn't want to miss the moment to say it. And I begin thinking about this idea of missing the moment. And I bet you that every single person in this room, every single person that's watching us online, that there is at least one time in your life where you have, uh, you had an opportunity. There was a moment that you could either seize or you could let it pass you by. And I bet you that every single person in this room, that like there has been at least one time where you have allowed that moment to pass you by. And the crazy thing is that you got to live with that moment, don't you? Like you, you got to begin to like, ah, oh, man, I wish I would have bought that. I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have. And, and like we've allowed moments to pass us by. Now, here, here's why I bring this up is because in the story that we just read in Mark chapter 10, it's a story of our friend Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus, he has to make a decision. If he is going to let a moment when Jesus walks by, if he was going to let it pass him by or not. Now, before we jump into that in greater detail, I want to point out two things in this story that we read that I think if we understand, we'll be able to enjoy the story of Bartimaeus even more so. And so the first thing that I think is important to understand about Bartimaeus is that Scripture says that Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't see a thing. Now, I find it fascinating because really, uh, God could have used anybody with any disability in this moment. Think about it. He could have, God could have used, God could have chose, excuse me, to use a crippled person for Jesus to heal in this, in this story. God could have used a deaf or a mute person for Jesus to heal in this story. And yet the person that he decided to use to heal was a person that was blind. Someone who couldn't see. And I think that this is significant because everything that we've read about Bartimaeus in, in Mark chapter 10, everything that we're journeying through with Bartimaeus, it's important to understand that it was based off of him being blind. So every decision, every choice, every action that Bartimaeus makes, it's not based off of what he sees, but rather what he believes. And so it's applicable to us because we have to get to the place where we learn to not just go based off of what we see, but also what we believe. And in fact, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we got to be people who are, who are moved not by what we see, but by faith. That we would walk by faith, not by sight. And so Bartimaeus, here he is, he's blind, he can't see a thing. So every decision he makes is through the lens of faith, not through what he can see. Now, the other thing that I think is very important about this passage is that the author lets us know uh, about Bar uh, Bartimaeus's uh, occupation. And so the author says that, that Bartimaeus, he was a beggar. 
Not only was he a beggar, but the author points out that Bartimaeus was in the middle of begging on the side of the road when Jesus stopped by. And here's why I think this is a significant detail. is because what we see is that Jesus is about to encounter Bartimaeus while he was in his workplace, while he was doing his nine to five. While he, he wasn't in a special temple, he wasn't in a building. He, he was just doing his thing, minding his own business, which tells me that, that God wants to encounter you and he doesn't care where he encounters you at. Like you don't have, like he wants to encounter you at your workplace. He wants to encounter you at your school. He wants to encounter you at your dinner table when you're eating with your family. That what God wants, his presence is not just predicated to the four walls of what we call a church building. But he wants to encounter you wherever you are at. And so Bartimaeus, here he is, he was blind, he was a beggar. And what we see in this moment is that as he's doing this, he encounters, he has this opportunity, he has this moment and he has to decide what he's going to do in this moment. So what I, I think would be kind of fun is if we just if we just pretended like we were Bartimaeus this morning. Can we do that? Yeah, well, even if you said no, we're doing it. So, uh, so here, here's what I'm going to ask. Again, it's America. You do what you want. You can be rebellious. But just close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. This is what Bartimaeus had to deal with. He was blind, okay? So you are Bartimaeus, right? And then all of a sudden, see, some of you guys opened your eyes already. You can't do that. Bartimaeus could not do that. Eyes are shut. The scripture says that Bartimaeus, he was hanging out on the roadside. And he hears the crowd. He hears commotion of a crowd. And Bartimaeus, he, you'd imagine he, he's, he's wondering, because he can't see. He's wondering, like, what is this commotion about what is what is happening in this moment and the scripture says that as people are walking by he gets word that Jesus is in the midst of this crowd and in this moment Bartimaeus had to choose if he was going to let this moment pass him by or if he was going to take advantage of this moment, you can open your eyes. He had to decide what he was going to do in this moment. He had a question that he had to ask himself. Like, what am I going to do in this moment? Now, before we go any further, I think it's important to understand that Bartimaeus, um, he, he would have known he would have known all the details of who Jesus was. So Bartimaeus, he would have known that Jesus was doing all kinds of miracles. He would have known that, that this guy, Jesus, he, he healed some crippled people. He would have known that this guy, Jesus, raised this kid from the dead. He would have known, he would have heard about this Jesus who multiplied fish and bread to feed the multitude. 
And so while he's sitting there listening to the crowd and catching wind that, that Jesus was in this crowd, he had a decision to make. Am I going to sit here and allow Jesus to pass me by or am I going to do something about it? He had to ask this question, will I let his presence pass me by? And this morning, I want to submit to you that this is not just a question that Bartimaeus had to ask, but this is a question that you and I have to ask daily. God, will I let your presence pass me by? God, will I allow your presence to move without me trying to jump in and be part of what you're wanting to do? And I suppose the answer to that question is determined on your level or your desire of God's presence. Like, where is the level of God's presence? Where, where is the level, your, your desire level for the presence of God in your life? Now, in the story, there's a story in Exodus chapter 33. <clears throat> Excuse me, there's a guy named Moses. And in this verse, what we are about to read, this, this guy Moses, he, he sets the standard or the expectation, if you will, of, of how we should desire God's presence, like the level of, of, of wanting God's presence, to, to, to encounter God's presence. And so Exodus chapter 33, verse 15, excuse me, it says this, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people? from all the other people on the face of the earth. So Moses, he, he's saying, God, like, I have such a high priority of your presence. God, that I don't want to go anywhere if you're not leading me. God, I, I don't want to move if you're not moving. God, I, I need your presence to define who I am. And so, so Moses in Exodus chapter 33, he, he's, he's, he's letting us know the, the priority and the importance of God's presence for those of you who would identify as Jesus followers. He's like, his presence, your desire for God's presence should be so high that you say, God, I don't even want to move without you. God, I don't want to speak without you. God, I don't want to act without you. All I want is your presence in my life. Nothing else. And so if I could sum up Exodus 33, 15, and 16 to what Moses is wanting, it's this. He, he's, he's saying that, that you and I, we are to be presence people. People that desire God's presence. People who long for the presence of God in every area of our life. And so what I want us to do this morning is I want to give you three attributes of a presence person. And then we're going to end with worship. And I, I just, I feel like God wants to move in some people's lives this morning. But, but first I want to give you three attributes of presence 
people. Three attributes of presence people. And so here's number one, if you're taking notes. Presence people are curious. Presence people are curious. So verse 47 of Mark chapter 10 says that Bartimaeus, he heard that Jesus was in the crowd. Now, can I submit to you this morning that in order for Bartimaeus to hear that Jesus was in the crowd, that he had to have been a little bit curious about the commotion from the crowd. That there was a curiosity within Bartimaeus that, le- that caused him to lean in just a little bit. To cause him to lean in and, and to wonder, what is all this commotion about? What is all this movement about? And because he was curious, he realized and he discovered that in the midst of the crowd, Jesus was there. Jesus was present. See, presence people are curious because curiosity always asks, God, is there more? God, is there more for me in my, for, for, is there more of you for me in my life? God, do you have more for me? See, curious people are never content with where they're at in their relationship with Jesus. They're never content with with what God has already done in their life. Curious people are not content, but yet they're, instead they're always contending. God, I, I just, I need more of you in my life. God, I need more of you. I need, God, I, I want to be led by you. God, I, I want you to direct my footsteps. God, I just, I want more. Presence people are curious because curious people are always contending for more of God in their life. I wish there was a better response because what God is wanting you to do be is become curious for more of him. To, to not just be content, but to contend. God, there's more. God, you, 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 you got to have more for me. God, there has to be more of you. I need more of you in my life. I love how scripture says, we have not because we ask not. God, I I want my curiosity to get me to lean in, to say, God, I want more of you. God, I'm not content of of how you used me yesterday. I'm not content of how you used me last month or last year. God, I thank you that you're doing something new in my life. God, just give me more. I need more of you. And this desire, this curiosity, God, do you have more for me? And the answer is he does. So presence people are curious. The second thing, presence people are persistent. Presence people are persistent. So verse 47, it says that uh, Bartimaeus, he leaned in, he heard that Jesus was, was there. And verse 48 says that because he heard, remember, he couldn't see, because he heard, he started to shout, Jesus! Jesus. Now, here's what I find very interesting is that that word shout in the Greek, it does not imply a cute shout, right? It doesn't imply like this manly, Jesus, you know? It's not like this, hey, Jesus. But this, the Greek word for shout, it, it implies the shouting that you would do if you were kidnapped. 
So it's, it's this shouting that you would do if someone was trying to take you. You wouldn't be all cute like, oh, Jesus, Jesus. You'd be like, help me! You'd be screaming and kicking. And this is what Bartimaeus was doing. He heard that Jesus was in the crowd. So he began kicking and, and screaming, Jesus, shouting, Jesus, Jesus, son of David. And he's yelling. And what we read in verse 48 is that the people around Bartimaeus, they looked at Bartimaeus and they're like, bro, shut up. He's not paying any attention to you. Shh. Quiet. You're just a little beggar. Say, he doesn't even care. And in this moment, Bartimaeus had to decide what he was going to do. Was he going to be quiet? Or was he going to continue? And this got me thinking. Is your desire for the presence of God greater than your fear of cultural rejection? I'll say that again. Is your desire for the presence of God greater than your fear of cultural rejection? See, because you and I, we have a capacity. So, so the more that we say, the more that we are curious, God, do you have more for me? Is there more of you in my life? And the more that he fills us up even more, the, more, the less space it creates inside of me for other things. So the more that, that God fills me up, the more it pushes out things that I used to love, that I used to, that I used to not be able to go without. And, and, and the more he fills me up and the more it pushes other things out, the more people around you are going to be questioning, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing this with me anymore? Why aren't you doing that thing anymore? And my question for you, again, is your desire for God's presence greater than your fear of cultural rejection? Like, do you desire God's presence so much that no matter the hate you get of not being the same way that you were, that you're like, it doesn't even matter. I don't care what you think about me. All I care about is one thing. God, I just care about your presence in my life. Because everything else fades away. God, your presence doesn't fade. And so Bartimaeus, he had a choice. Would he succumb to the requests of those around him by shutting up? Or would he be persistent? And the text says that as people kept telling him to be quiet, it's like Bartimaeus got louder. He's like, you want me to be quiet, huh? I got you. Jesus! <laughs> Shut up. Oh, okay. Jesus! Like he's getting louder and louder. He's becoming more desperate. He's becoming more persistent. Because at some point, I can't worry about what culture says about me. At some point, I can't worry about what culture is trying to get me to shut up about. I got to be so fixated on what God has for me and his presence that I'm, that I'm cutting out every other noise inside. And I'm just like, God, I just want more of your presence. God, I don't even care about what they're saying. I just want more of your presence. Bartimaeus, shut up. No, no, Jesus, I just need more of you. Like, is your desire for God's presence greater than your fear of cultural rejection? 
So we're talking about how there are three attributes of presence people. Number one, presence people are curious. Number two, presence people are persistent. And then finally, number three, presence people are obedient. So verse 47, it says that Bartimaeus caught word that Jesus was in the crowd. Verse 48, it says that he began to shout. People are like, hey, be quiet. He began to shout louder. Verse 49, it says that Jesus heard Bartimaeus and he told Bartimaeus, he said, all right, bring, come, come to me, Bartimaeus. And in verse 50, it says that Bartimaeus, upon hearing Jesus calling him, Bartimaeus does two things. The first thing is he takes off his cloak, he throws it aside. The second thing is he gets up and he pursues Jesus. Now here's why those two things are significant. The first reason is the cloak that he threw off, that would have been like his employee uniform as a beggar. Like a cloak, the, the cloak would have been the thing that, that, you, that all beggars during this time period would have worn. And it was a symbol of what they would do. And so by Bartimaeus throwing it off, it's signifying that he's stepping out of what he was used to. But he didn't just step out of what he was used to. He was stepping towards what Jesus was calling him to. And so here's why this is, is significant, is because when Jesus is calling us, two things are happening. He's calling us out of something, and he's calling us into something. And it never fails what he calls us out of is always something that we are so comfortable with. I guarantee you, Bartimaeus, he may not have enjoyed it, but he was comfortable doing what he was doing. He was comfortable on the side of the road getting those Chick-fil-A gift cards. He loved it. He had no problem with it. He was comfortable. But Jesus, when he calls us, he's always going to call you out of what you're comfortable out of what you're comfortable with, into something that's always unknown. Remember, Bartimaeus, he couldn't see. So it was by faith that he got up and he was trying to stumble along. I know this Jesus guy is somewhere. I, I can't see him, but, I, but I'm, I'm walking towards him. Don't worry, I'm not going to fall off the stage. <laughs> Some of you couldn't even focus because you're like, he's going to break his... Like, I, Bartimaeus says, I, I know he's, Jesus, you're somewhere. I know you're somewhere, Jesus, where are you at? This is uncomfortable for me because people are looking at me like I'm crazy. But I know you're here somewhere. I know you're here because I heard you call me. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know exactly where you're at, but I know you're calling me somewhere, Jesus. And Bartimaeus, what he's doing, what, what happened in this moment, he was call, being called out of what he was comfortable with into something that was the unknown. Every time that I desire more of God's presence, it'll always call me from what I'm comfortable in already into something that I'm a little uncomfortable with. It'll always pull me out of something that I'm comfortable with into, into something that, that is unknown. That's how he works. 
God, I want more of your presence. This is as high as my arms are going in worship. I'm calling you to more. This is so uncomfortable. Everyone's looking at me probably. Because I'm comfortable right here. But what if God is calling me like this? He's always calling me out of something that I'm comfortable with to call me into the unknown of something that I am not comfortable with. But it's in those seasons, in those those areas of of feeling uncomfortable is when his presence in my life is felt the most. And so Bartimaeus, he, he takes off his cloak, he throws it down, he jumps to his feet, he finds Jesus. And then in verse 51 of Mark chapter 10, Jesus asks this bizarre question. He says, uh, what do you want me to do for you? It's like, yo, like, I'm blind. <laughs> what do you think you want, I want you to do for me? Jesus has the audacity to say, what do you want me to do for you? And the band can come up because we're going to close. What, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, And I was thinking about this because really Bartimaeus, he could have asked any, or he could have responded any way that he wanted to. Think about it. Jesus, remember, Bartimaeus, he knew of Jesus' track record. He knew all the cool things that Jesus has done. And so when Jesus is like, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Like Bartimaeus, he could have been like, dude, that was a cool trick when you turned water into wine. (laughs) I do have some water over here. You know, it's been a while since I've had some wine. He could have. Jesus, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, So I heard you do this really cool trick where uh, you had some fish and you had some loaves of bread and you like snapped your finger and it fed a multitude. I have been hungry. Maybe, Maybe you can multiply my food. You see what I'm saying? Like, he could have asked anything. But Jesus said, what what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says this. He says, I just want to see. I just want to see. Now, I'm sure there's many implications to why Bartimaeus wants to see. I'm sure Bartimaeus wanted to see the blue in the sky, the green in the grass. But I begin wondering, and I don't know, but I begin wondering, like, if there was part of Bartimaeus that was curious, I wonder what Jesus looks like. Right? Because he would have never been able to see all he would have all he would have gathered about Jesus is what he would have heard from others. And so I wonder if, if part of Bartimaeus's fascination of wanting to be able to see was not just for practical reasons, but, but there was a curiosity of, like, I wonder what this Jesus looks like that heals people. 
I wonder what this Jesus looks like that, that multiplies fish and bread. I wonder what this Jesus looks like that, that can stand up in a boat, and, a boat and tell the storm and the sea to calm and they listen. Like, I wonder what this Jesus looks like. This Jesus that I, all I've ever done was hear about, but I've never been able to see personally. And here's why I begin thinking about that. It's because I wonder how many of us in this room, maybe online this morning, where we've heard about the goodness of God, but we've never experienced it firsthand. We've never seen him work in our life. See, church, as we, as we end, my heart's desire is that we would not be a church that just hears about the goodness of God. But we would be a church that encounters the goodness of God. That we would not just be a church that, that we hear others talk about how cool God is and how great he is and how he saved us from whatever he saved you from. But we would be a church that would say, no, I've experienced it firsthand. I've seen the hand of God move in my life. I've seen the hand of God grab me from the pits of hell and pull me out of my worst shape. I've seen the goodness of God heal my body when it had cancer. I've seen the goodness of God move when all I've ever heard was heard about the goodness. I've seen him move in my life. Church, can we be a place of people that don't just hear see because we've allowed him to encounter us wherever we're at.